0: So, our next guest, Lamy, is someone we've uh, known from back in the day.
1: Yes, yeah. Quite excited about this one because I've not spoken to him for a long time. It's actually
0: 23 years ago. Walking it's over. Nearly a quarter of a century. So, our next guest is Duh. actor, author, all rounder, good guy, Scott Williams. Hello, Scott. Hello, Hello Scott. Scott.
2: Foxy. Hello, Gina. It has been a long time. It was 1998,
0: I think. 1990. wow. It was, wasn't it? In, uh, wow. Like, Dirty car parks in South Manchester and running on walls in Disbury and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. We were we were we <laughs> yeah, were van yeah. boys nicking Nick stone.
1: Yes, can't we yeah. remember we that. Were. I actually and I remember seem to
2: that. remember. Wasn't Ben Gorman in that film? Ben
0: Gorman was in there in a small speaking part. With his and, best and mate Jeff now, Audley. Jeff no, well. Audley. He's now he's now a yeah.
2: Hollywood star. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> we
0: were thinking, who oh, are these extras, Bobby Long? And it ended up being <laughs> Kane Dingle <laughs> and <laughs> Bern Gorman. <and laughs> Gorman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were brilliant. They had a couple of lines, didn't they? It was like oh, quite they camp really coppers. Good. And they were just, they were, they, were they, were, they were great.
1: I remember watching that scene and I thought, that's brilliant. That's really good. Yeah. But there was just a general sort of, Nice atmosphere, good atmosphere, and people and the, getting on. The thing on. I
2: remember most about that film was Paul Usher was in it. Who's yeah. a you know a very good friend of mine. he's yeah. he's my son's godfather. Yeah, and um, he just went on holiday halfway through the show. <laughs> <laughs> I remember <laughs> that, I forgot about like, was, that. Was Paul?
0: Yeah, off to Rhodes then, or something. <laughs> he
2: came back with this glorious Mediterranean tan. <laughs>
0: yeah. The makeup department was fuming oh uh, bless usher yeah. i remember winding him up by having a little bit of string that i put down the side of his bmw <laughs> so he thought it was a scratch <laughs> he was not <well> pissed off i <laughs> thought he was going to knock me out
1: he was such a nice guy though i didn't really yeah, do that much with him but i both re- i remember you both being uh you know really We're lovely friends, sort of we, we met around good that eggs. time we just
2: we did we did liverpool one together and then yeah. we did van boys together and then we did a film called swing together and yeah. then so we worked three times together in the same year and then I've never worked with him again. <laughs> <Yeah>. well, <laughs> someone needs to
0: sort that out. Also, great. Yeah. He yeah. always reminded me of a young version of my dad. So I think that's why I warmed to him. Yeah. He's, much a, like, legend. he's yeah. a legend.
2: He's yeah. And all my, fo- nice oh, my
0: sister fancies him, my wife fancies him. <laughs> everyone, you know. We all fancy him.
1: <laughs> what I always remember about him. him was he really liked Paul Weller.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, he's just he pulls him a um, musician, you know. He's, yeah. he's when he's not acting, he's singing and he's
0: always on the road. and... Yeah, Brilliant, he's a, really cool a star man. Yeah. we had a
1: chat about the Beatles, and he really liked Paul Weller. That was two of my memories.
0: So, what, what have you been up to yeah. lately? Then anything it's in the pipeline? Str-
2: it's been a strange time, hasn't it? I mean, yeah,
1: I, I, oh, yeah. I,
2: I, lockdown. I really liked the first lockdown because I'm I, I'm you know, most people had were refined to their house and felt isolated. I, as a writer, actor, unemployed actor, I felt less isolated because suddenly <laughs> my wife was at home. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm not on my own anymore. Um, so yeah, that hit, didn't it? And then I was really lucky because I had this strange opportunity came up to to go into Coronation Street for a while. Oh
0: yeah, and yeah. I was
2: supposed to be in it for a few months, and then COVID hit, and of course, as you know better than anyone all of the soaps kind of started using less of their cast members yeah and and all the storylines changed so sadly I was kind of it didn't happen um I was in it for a while but not as long as I wanted to be and then I thought you know what I'm going to take this opportunity to write because I'm writing novels now Mm -hmm. and um so my first novel took me about five years to write and the second one I wrote in lockdown it took about six months so Wow. I got a novel out of it. And then I was
1: Wow. How come that was look... so quick the second one then Scott? Is that because just because the,
2: f- the first one I was just trying to find out how to be a novelist, how it works. It was all trial and error and because and my my little boy who's 7 now, he was he was literally a babe no? in arms, toddler, my wife was hmm. out working so I was I stay at home dad so it was literally writing on toilet breaks on the top of the bus wow. <laughs> yeah that you is know, tough when, whenever you can whenever the baby's having a nap so and also because life and the world changed so much in that five years mm. the book had to change with it so like i lost both my parents in that five years we had Donald Trump in that five years. We had Brexit in that five years. We had, you know, the, the world just changed. Yeah. Wow. That also so change
1: massively for you then if, you know... Yeah,
2: but and the book had to change with it because the book was contemporary and... So, yeah, went through so many drafts. But the second one, I, I just knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and I just... You know, you can either pre-plan and, and structure a story or just let the pen flow. And I just let the pen
0: flow... And it is it that second really story where you, you kind of based an element of it on the, what you're going to tell us about in a moment?
2: No, that was in the first story.
0: First
2: one. Yeah, the, so the first story—I don't want to talk too much about it—but it's about. It's based on a play I wrote called Hope, which I staged in 2013 um, with Samantha Womack and Mark Womack and Renee Zagger, and I directed it. And it's basically about a writer who's completely alone in the middle of the Nevada desert. a in an old prospector's house in a in a mining town trying to write his first novel um and the characters in his book start to come to life because he's had sleep deprivation which as we'll get on to you'll you'll see that it's very semi-autobiographical yeah and he has this experience which actually happened to me in real life um Go on then. So, let's, yeah, let's, it, shall it we talk it. about so... it? Shall we talk about it? <laughs> because wow. I know a
0: bit about this and it is. It is.
1: I quite like Amazing. it. You well, took let me start that and transferred saying... it. Yeah.
0: Come on. Yeah. I
2: need to start by saying, I had to think long and hard before deciding to share this story because I've literally told maybe a dozen people in the 24 years since it happened, 23 mm. years. Because, simply because, as you might Come to the conclusion yourself uh, that it, it's really far out there, and, and and I was worried that people might think that I'm completely nuts. Or, yeah. um, so it was in the late '90s. It was Christmas Eve, um, 1998. Hmm. So around the time where you I'm, all met,
0: just after. Yeah, exactly.
2: Just yeah. around that time, and it was a strange time, wasn't it? I mean, it was it was Brit pop. It was labor, we're in charge. There was a feel good factor compared to now. Seemed, it seems a lifetime away, doesn't it? It <laughs> really does. Ev- everyone seemed to have a bit of money,
0: yeah, yeah, um,
2: and everyone seemed to be happy. And, and I, I just turned 27, <clears throat> which, as a lot of people know, is a dangerous age for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very interesting age because it's an age when you, you're no longer a boy and you're not quite a man, and um, you kind of You know, you, if you experiment with, um, high risk lifestyles, then you either come through it or you don't. Yeah. Do you remember Um, the song 27
1: uh, Forever? There's quite a few things actually associated with 27. Yeah.
2: Well, there's the famous 27 club where, where lots of artists and and musicians and actors have died at the age of 27. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But what people don't often talk about is the ones that don't die at 27 often do their best work at 27. So if you look at John Lennon and McCartney when they were 27, they were doing their best work with the Beatles yeah. and, and mm. you know, that kind of era. Um, I just think it's a really dangerous age because, yeah. um, as I say, if you think of like high-risk lifestyle, drugs, drink, party, and if you see it as a bubble and you've penetrated that bubble, you kind of come out around that age or you stay within it. You know, and and you'd never get out of it. Yeah, never really thought of it that
1: that way, but yeah, I can totally see that. So, so at that point
2: in my life, I was living a high risk lifestyle and I was partying a lot and I was working a lot and I was mixing this kind of success with this secret kind of, you know, party lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I remember this day, I wasn't high at that time, I wasn't drunk at that time. But I was coming to the end of a long um, bender, you know, a, a party period. I would kind of had very little sleep over yeah. two, maybe three days. Yeah. Um, I, but the irony is at the time I was writing a screenplay based on a novel called Novel with Cocaine, which is a really famous Russian book from the the time of the revolution. Okay. Um, yeah. novel, novel is Russian for romance. So it means romance with cocaine. And I was writing this um, screenplay. So I was doing lots of research on um, that particular drug. And I read about this doctor called Casey Jones, who used himself as a as a human guinea pig. And, and he described his symptoms and his,
1: yeah, his I remember hands turned blue yeah. and his
2: feet turned blue. and. Anyway, so I'm I'm sat there with my um ex partner at the time. I won't name her name for for obvious reasons. Um and just happened to notice that her hands were a little bit blue. Mm. And I thought, oh, okay. And oh, she dear. was feeling unwell mm. and she was um um, you know, erratic kind of heart rate, up and down, fast, slow and
1: yeah.
2: And um I just immediately thought, "Uh-oh, I need to phone an ambulance." So I went to phone an ambulance. And you, you, you all the thoughts are racing around your head. My god, it's Christmas Eve, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the family are going to be coming to the to visit us on Christmas Day and and as I picked up the phone an overwhelming Not an audible voice, just the voice in my head. Something really overwhelming just said, sit down. Wow. Sit down. So I put the phone down, bearing in mind we're okay, we're not drunk, we're not high, we're just tired, right?
1: So you didn't make the phone call then?
2: No, I didn't make the phone call. So I put the phone down and I'll get to that because, you know, in retrospect, looking back, it wasn't me who was... At risk. It was somebody else's life we're yeah. talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. So I put on some classical music. I got some water, as you do and you're just trying to calm down and relax. And, and um, I'm just sat there with my partner, ex-partner, and the TV's off. And you know, when the TV's off, it's basically like a slate-colored mirror, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you see. and I'm sat there and <clears throat> and stood behind her is a seven-foot Grim Reaper. Wow.
0: What? Now,
2: I don't mean the Grim Reaper, the Hollywood Grim Reaper. It didn't have a size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't have a face. But it was the same kind of very tall, black, hooded, face. you knew that
1: straight away when you... It hmm. was
2: just a, the shape of a very, very tall man mm-hmm. in hooded attire. And the first thing I thought was, okay, I'm hallucinating, I'm exhausted, you know, obviously I'm seeing things. So yeah. I casually just said to my partner, I said, just just describe what you can see in the TV, please. Yeah. And she she looked up and she immediately just jumped and spun around and, and looked above her. Oh, no. Um, oh. And she says, oh, my God. And I said, can you describe it to me? And she described it word for word, you know, it's a tall guy, wow. seven foot tall. Um so then that kind was. Okay, goosebumps immediate... you talking here. Yeah. Well <laughs> it was just a media um kind of validation and okay, I'm, I'm not hallucinating. Um yeah.
1: so mm.
2: we were sat there and we're not frightened or anything, we're just fascinated. Mm. And then I, I've got this long through lounge. Well, I did at the time, and at the end of the lounge, I had this framed photograph of the Beatles. Yeah. Um, and she saw a head and shoulders in the framed photograph of the Beatles. The same thing, the same deal, the same type of figure, same black hooded figure. And she, this time, she said to me, "Can you look at the uh, into the picture frame and tell me what you see?" So we looked into this picture frame, and and I could see it, and I said, and I described it, and it was exactly what she was seeing. And then all of a sudden, seven black figures just appeared right in front of us. Jeez. Wow! Um, and the best way to describe it was like, um, you know, when you see bees in in a in a in a beehive, and they're just walking around and bumping into each other and stepping yeah. on each other, yeah. and
0: yeah. it was
2: like that. It was like choreographed chaos it was like seven grim reapers just walking around and 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 being chaotic and being disorganized and bumping into but not um not like solid not like there were people in the room it was like light almost like black
1: and were they like I solid say, figures
2: no i mean i wouldn't say they were solid but they weren't mist you know they weren't like what you would describe as a typical ghost they were just yeah. like black figures yeah. no faces but just you know head and shoulders shape and we sat there and we watched this i'm not joking we watched this for 15 20 minutes just were you scared at this
1: point i mean did you no, think of running out absolutely
2: or? absolutely just not no fear just fascination and then all of a sudden I, this is one of the bits i remember the most my ex-girlfriend said you're not welcome here go away They were her exact words. You're not welcome here, go away. And then, as soon as she said it, or from what I can remember, Mm -hmm. these beautiful, um, white, golden figures appeared. Um, But they weren't in the middle of the room, they seemed to be on the wall. They seemed to be like a jewelry is the best way to describe. It. You know when you see a jury sat, yeah. in a, in a, in yeah, a yeah, yeah. four figures above four figures, and they were the, the 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 same thing but the complete opposite. So they were like beautiful white, golden, like no faces, no features, just the shape of.
1: Put an then... uplifting sense with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um,
2: and then, the, what we called the main man. So this huge figure just appeared in the corner of the room on on the ceiling um and he i i, I assume it was a he because i'll get to that bit later mm-hmm. um obviously these things were sexless but um it was floating above the ceiling almost like it was swimming and it looked the best way to describe it is it looked like the predator in that movie Predator, when it goes into stealth mode, does that make sense? Yeah, it yeah does yeah. When it when oh. it when it, it goes becomes invisible, but it's almost like water. You can put your hand through it. Yeah, yeah. exactly what you mean. That's what it was like, and it, I'd say it was eight nine feet tall, float and. But and all the time, couldn't... both
0: of you were seeing this just to remind people that you you're both mm. seeing this together.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what... And we would we're just it was like we were watching TV. We're just sat on the couch unfazed, unfrightened, just watching this thing, almost like it was like, uh, you know, like, what you call it? A hologram. Like we were watching hologram Mm. television. (laughs) Uh, So eventually she said, you're not welcome here anymore. Eventually these black figures just vanished. They just went away one by one. And then these golden figures on the chimney breast went away one by one. And all that was remaining was this main man in the corner, Floating above the ceiling. Um, My ex-girlfriend started feeling better. Her hands went back to the normal colour. Her Mm -hmm. breathing was fine. She felt well. We felt, you know, this was over the course of, I would say, about 45 minutes this lasted. Um, And we literally just, you know, it was Christmas Day the next day. And we're talking, this was maybe one in the morning, two in the morning. Mm -hmm. We're like, we need to go to sleep. We need some sleep. It's Christmas tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go to bed. So... I went into the kitchen to get two pints of water as you do when you go into bed. <laughs> and as I'm walking out the kitchen, something comes up behind me and literally just grabs me from behind. Like something very big and very strong. Um and I felt like I don't know whether it was wings or strong arms, but something had in, enclosed me and yeah. I was yeah. I couldn't move, I physically couldn't move, I was petrified, I was not, not frightened, petrified, I was just couldn't move, so I called through to the lounge, you know, oh, I called her name come, come. and she came into the kitchen and, and again, this is one of them ones where actions would be better but yeah, she came in, she almost double took, she stood back, she put her hands up to her mouth and she looked above me and started crying Wow. and she was like oh my god it's beautiful it was what she said um and i just said i know <laughs> even though i couldn't see <laughs> yeah i just feel
0: it was yeah i
2: stood there like a lunatic with two pints of water in my hand i know <laughs> and um yeah like almost like she'd seen whatever it was she'd seen had just been pure love anyway uh, this thing released me we were going up to bed Switch the lights off and um the entire room when we switched the lights off the entire room was like neon blue like wow. the kind of neon you have in a nightclub sign Yeah, you know yeah yeah pure neon blue and um so we went up to bed we went to sleep it was fine i thought that was the last of it but the next morning she said to me just as an as a as an add-on she said she described this coat to me she said um Someone was in our room last night wearing this coat, and she described this car coat to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. And when I got to my mum and dad's later that day, I took this particular coat out of my mum and dad's cloakroom and I said, "Is this it?" She says, "That's the exact coat." Wow! And it belonged—it belonged, it belonged wow. to my uncle Eddie, who had died. I watched him die in front of me, literally about six months before that.
1: Wow!
2: Because um, he lived—he lived in our house, and this—this
1: um... this is just the thing. How, like... So. Yeah, so you've uh, you both perceive, seen you, it. <laughs> you know, it's not so just I yeah. I
2: became I became um immediately really really I was so convinced at what I'd seen. I uh, mm. I was so I knew what I know what I saw. Yeah.
0: You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, um yeah.
2: I became very interested in angelology because I thought because I I wouldn't describe these things as ghosts. I wouldn't describe them as They weren't angels in the sense... They didn't have halos and wings. Yeah. Yeah. To me, they were messengers. Harbingers. Mm -hmm. They they were here... It was almost like... We were on trial. Like, one of us was sick. We were either going to die or we were going to live. That's what it felt like. In retrospect, when I look back at it. And, um, you know, I remember saying to my friends... In the years that passed, my closest friends, the ones that I told the story to, said, "Why did this thing hold me when I wasn't the one who was physically sick? Mm. Yeah. Why did it hold me?" And they said, "Because you were you were dying inside. You were you were because at the point at that point in our relationship, we weren't in a great place." And you know, it's,
1: when you look back, can you
2: silly lifestyle? But um,
1: can you feel? Can you know that now? When you look back, do you know how sort of? What a low place you were in, and how tough life was. Yeah, absolutely. And
2: and I think I think I I literally did become so obsessed with angels that I I bought every book I could. I read every book I could. I even had a Blumen tattoo. Mm. Well,
1: of course you would. (laughs) Um, I was so
2: obsessed with these things, Um, and that's where I got the name from. So I I remember saying to myself, I want to know the name of this. Angel, I want to know what its name was. Yeah, yeah Just... who
1: that specific person is. And
2: um, so I read this particular book, and it says if an angel's trying to contact you, he'll send you signs. He'll send you signs. And at that time, I was coming across the word Adnakiel all the time. Adnachiel. Adnakiel. If you're if you're into angelology, he was the he's the angel of November, which happens to be the month I was born. Right. He's the angel of truth, wisdom, optimism, and so since then i've just called this this figure that was in the corner i call him Ednacul. i think it was this thing that called was him. Mm. and i also read somewhere that um the archangel michael only comes in in times of life or death and he will surround you in a cobalt cloak and of course wow. the room was, wow. the room was neon blue
1: Scott, what? So you
2: know, I mean, crazy for the for the first two years afterwards, I was literally an angel nut and all of my friends thought I was a crank, and I was like, oh, I think I think I'm an earth angel. I think they've they've embodied me. I think I'm (laughs) I think I'm here to help people, and they would just laugh at me. As years have gone by, that's diluted, and it's diluted, and I'm less and less. You know, I I honestly believe they're with you if you if you're with them.
1: Do you think you tap into that then, or or do you and they're there? Or well, I think after that experience, I
2: had many more experiences. But you know, in the year or two that followed, I would see them all the time.
1: I mean, I can get why you went looking for kind of backup information because that's just human nature, isn't it? To investigate, it seems to me like, think
0: about it, you think. Feels like your uncle Eddie's passed on, and he's gone. We need to go and sort Scott out. And yeah, he's oh gone, well, right, exactly. come on. Yeah. It's like yeah, he's yeah, brought yeah, his yeah. gang with him, you know.
2: Yeah, that's that's.
1: Yeah, but that that's that not just like. a kind of little visit, is it? That's that's a major, mega.
2: But but these yeah. things, like as I to say, they, I I had experiences afterwards. It wasn't so long afterwards. A friend of mine was murdered. Um, in liverpool he was stabbed to death he was only 26 oh, no. wow. and i was very close to his family and i went to see his mum, who was a dear friend of mine Aww. while he was still lying in, in you know in the house he was yeah. still in the yeah. house and i saw this thing again in in high up in the corner of the room and i said to this guy's mum, i said can you see something up there and she she literally slid down the couch wow she looked up and she's, you know, 60-odd-year-old woman. She slid off the couch like she was seeing something. And she says, I can see it. Wow. And, and I just God. think, I don't know. I just think that maybe at that time of my life, I was 27, as I say. I, I don't know. Maybe I just had something with me for that year or so of my life. Do, I mean, you, you know, do you still
1: feel that now at any time? Do you know, do you still? No, I don't
2: feel like they're close to me now um i mean look i i i've become very very appreciative of i mean you know i had some good luck this week and in the past i might have taken it for granted i'm very appreciative of it and and i, I do wonder sometimes whether it was heaven sent you know because some things come along when you you need them most but no i don't feel that connection To angels anymore, like you talk. This was 20 odd years ago, and life just takes over, doesn't it? You know, they probably know you don't.
0: You don't need them there now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: exactly. I think they come when you really, really, really need them. You know, doing
1: this series is
0: we've we've talked to some really interesting people. This is right up there. I mean, it's It's the
2: first time I've ever shared it to an audience, a mass audience, because as I say, I mean, I remember once. Nicky Campbell asked me to go. He, he was doing a show on angels yeah. on um, the big question on his on his show on ITV. Yeah, and he asked me to go on and, and relay
0: this story, and I just couldn't. I thought, yeah, no, I just
2: not <laughs> ready. be the it would be the end of my career. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: there's a thing, as, as we get older, we don't care so much what people think. We just go, yeah, they believe it. Or I just don't. know
2: yeah. what I saw, mate. And yeah. I, yeah, and and um, I'm happy if I was making it I, I'm happy to relay it and tell it because I happen to know it happened. And why would you make it up?
1: You know, why would you carry it this long and tell it? It really
2: did happen. It's. um, And and we
1: both work with you and know that you, you really just straight up on what you see is what you get. And, you know, it's not kind of that you'd make something up like that. I think it's a beautiful story. I I think it's fantastic. It it really is. I think it's a positive, it's a positive
2: story. You know, it's. um, I mean,
1: it's quite sad to think that you were there at the edge of your life and almost didn't realize it and something else has sort of brought you back and made you appreciate it and you know yeah now you've lived it it.
2: changed it, it did change my life I mean my behavior changed overnight I mean that particular relationship that was the beginning of the end so yeah um you know moved on to you know it was toxic and um but yeah, I mean it was it was definitely a positive experience.
1: Well, definitely, it's just rolled on the positivity because you've done so much stuff. You've got kids, you know. It's just
2: yeah. so in the in the book, and uh, my yep. first novel is called The Novelist. And there's a chapter in the book that's called Anarchy.
1: Is that out now, right. Scott? Is that available? Well, you
2: can only you, I, I, you can only get it via my website at the moment. You can go if you go on my website, which is scottwilliams.co.uk. Right. Yeah. Um, you can get it there, Scott. Scott with one T. Well, yeah. Um,
1: and this story is in the book. Did you say it's sorry? in the
2: book? It happens to the protagonist. Yeah, exactly the same thing. Wow. So wow. I'm going to be thinking about this story. Yeah, all you think, you're days. never going to forget this story.
0: You know, it's it, It's just something you know, unique about. We've that. all had certain things. And well, I, it's I, funny know, because this... it's
2: one of those stories. If I ever bumped into my ex again,
0: yeah, it,
2: it's one of those story. It's one of those experiences where you wouldn't even have to talk about it. We'd both no. I haven't seen her mm. for twenty years. We'd both just remember that night. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It would be it would be something I'm sure she recalls. Yeah. Me and my mate had one story. which was nothing like
0: your story. We were walking back from uh, night school in Cheadle near us and we were cutting mm. through an old army base and then in front of us was a bloke walking his dog and he just vanished. I'd have turned out a occasion and said, oh. Did you see that? He went, That bloke just vanished. I went, Yeah, <laughs> you know so but 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 that on a level to what happens to you then but this
2: this is the thing because i have had other ghost experiences but they pale into insignificance compared
0: to yeah
2: like i had one quick one um with the same girl actually i remember similar to yours i was driving down um the high Waverty high street in liverpool towards the picton clock roundabout yeah people in that area will know it and um I I saw what I thought was just a big packed black bin bag in the middle of the road. So I ca- it's dark. So I casually just indicate and move lane to surpass this bin bag. Yeah. And as I go past this bin bag, it's a girl, wow. and she's cr- she's crouched and she's just watching me as I drive past. Wow. Now I thought straight away. I thought, well, she's on a suicide mission. She's obviously trying to kill herself. Yeah. Immediately got on the roundabout, which to turn back to get her to warn her to yeah. get her. It must have taken what all of 10 seconds to turn the car around the roundabout yeah. and she yeah. was gone. Wow, she, was, she wasn't there. Yeah, so, yeah it's just, I mean, these no, are, was the, that? you don't forget these things, do you? No,
1: no
0: what? You, yeah, we we're the weird ones forgotten about. We were driving down the road in uh, it was the motorway actually coming back from a murder mystery gig years ago, and uh, we were in the slow lane. And I suddenly saw, it wasn't like a ghost, this was a big, massive, concrete block, probably 10 foot by 10 foot square thing. And I turned to him, mate, I went, Jesus, look out, mate. And he saw it and went, shit. He turned to the right to avoid it and then went past it and then come back in the lane. We looked in the rear view mirror, I looked round and it wasn't there, it'd gone. Joke.
1: I remember that story, and the other guy that was with you told it mate. Oh, Graham! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's,
0: there's some weird stuff in this world, and hopefully, you know, we'll we'll, we'll never get an answer, will we? But it's it's yeah. it's amazing to hear them. And th- this has been. But you know, what's interesting
2: for me is um, with this experience. I, I was brought up in a religious family. You know, yeah. my 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 grandfather was a minister. My uncle was a minister, and we were we were not forced but we were encouraged to go to Sunday school and yeah and it was only through um intelligence yeah. <laughs> and uh, wisdom and 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 self education <laughs> that i yeah. decided one day that it was absolute all bunkum and yeah. um, became an atheist but i'm i'm only an, i'm only an atheist in the sense that i don't believe i don't trust men yeah <laughs> so i don't yeah. believe I don't believe the stories in the Bible because they were written by rich men. Um, but yeah. when you've experienced what I experienced, you have to believe yeah. in an afterlife. You have to believe in some, whatever you think God is. Yeah. There is something going on. Yeah. Without um, a shadow of a doubt. The, the... So uh, I, I often say it's possible to believe in God, but not believe
0: in religion, oh
2: organized religion. <laughs> so I think I'm the same. I feel yeah, exactly. Organize, same. Organized religions. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe that somebody parted a sea so that other <laughs> people could escape to a. Promised yeah, that land. that's I don't sea, believe yeah that nonsense. Yeah, but um, <coughs> I do believe that there are spirits and messengers out there, you know, watching over
0: us. Well, yeah, definitely. Like well, it's, we were... you've been amazing, Scott. It's been amazing. Thanks, man. Wow, well, I enjoyed it. we we'll, we'll get you in the, stu- <laughs> in the studio when you're not busy working because I think yeah. you're gonna be busy. Busy now, i have got a good. You've been
1: quite members. busy. What have you been doing of late? Just quickly before you, we... I did a I did a
2: film with um, with Liam Neeson. Did I tell you that?
1: No, did a, no, no. I did a yeah.
2: I did a so that was back in May. I was really lucky because, as I say, it was lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah, I, and we all had yeah. these travel. Everyone had wasn't able to go abroad, and this gig came up, and I had to go to Bulgaria, and it was lovely. I had to get on an aeroplane; it was just.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, so
2: I shot this movie called Memory. Yeah. Um, right. Which is a brilliant story. Just briefly, it's about a, a hitman who's got Alzheimer's disease. It's it's based on a famous Belgian film, and Liam Neeson plays this hitman, and he's he's given this job to go and um, take out this family it's all based on the on the border of america and the and the child and the people trafficking across the mexican-american border yeah. yeah so he's sent to do this job on on this family and one of one of his hits is a young girl so he won't do it he refuses to kill children so he becomes the target so that this like M- mexican mafia go after him and all the while he's losing his memory and he's losing his touch and he's lo- you know and it's yeah. And then Guy Pierce plays the cop who's trying to get him. Monica Bellucci plays this wonderful role of this, um.
1: Oh, wow. Quite a good
2: billionaire S. And I play this, this villain who, um, who organizes the hit. And yeah, it was good. I got to go out and you know, fight with Liam Neeson and it's
1: fun. <laughs> life, yeah. innit? Eh? showbiz. Yeah. You know, it's all those times when we don't work such, and we get it it's and such, it's worth it.
2: May. he's such a wonderful man. You yeah. Know. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I worked with him on the anniversary of my dad's death. Wow. It was on eleventh of May, and I said to him just in passing, I said, "Today is the anniversary of my dad's death, and you were his favorite actor, so I think he sent me this gig."
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: he just smiled. Anyway, the next day he comes into work and he pulls me aside and he says, um, "I went to church last night, <coughs> and I lit a candle for your
0: da <laughs> <laughs> Wow and you know, uh, I was just like, wow.
1: Wow! Oh, would
0: your dad would be able, to, yeah. <laughs> oh, what a man.
1: So, when's that out?
2: Oh, gosh. Well, let's see. I mean, it, it'll probably be out this winter because um, we shot it in May, so. Yeah. I would, well, around, I would guess
0: around Christmas, New Year. So. so, we'll look out for that. Yeah, definitely. Pictures, there'll be a trailer on it. Well, listen, Scott, thanks so much. for for coming on board oh it's been so lovely um, talking to you again this i think we'll get a lot of people downloading this and listening gotta get a lot of chatter i'm looking
2: forward to to subscribing to the podcast like everybody should do absolutely
1: yes spread our gospel spread the the word word. (laughs) oh and thanks for coming on and just being so honest and sharing that story it's really uh it's gone in my head and i'll be thinking about it a lot it's uh you know it's it's tough to do that sometimes Brilliant. but we really appreciate it thank you Cheers no Scott problem. you're a star Yeah Cheers Thanks, mate all man. the best Oh thank Have you very much day, guys. Good you. luck with everything Ta-da. take bye care Bye bye